May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I was preparing my sermon this week, I was remembering what I'd preached about this passage the last time it appeared in 2015. Surely I'd preached on Jesus inviting his disciples to come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Surely I'd preached about the need for rest and recreation, retreat and Sabbath. But when I went to find my old sermon, just to see what I'd said, rooted through all my files in Dropbox and on my desktop, I found nothing. So I went to SoundCloud, where we keep all the audio files of sermons preached at All Saints, and I discovered that, in fact, I had not preached three years ago. Rather, Father Stickway was our preacher for Proper 11 in 2015, during which Father Stickway lamented the foolishness of the architects of the lectionary, who gave us a passage with the, mad, with the middle whacked right out of it. You see, we begin with the apostles returning from their time away preaching and healing and Jesus inviting them to rest, only then to be inundated by the crowds who recognized them and hurried ahead of them to disrupt their retreat. Then the lectionary designers, in all their wisdom, skipped the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water to pick up a later passage with more crowds bringing the sick so that they might touch the fringe of Jesus' garment to be healed. So much for my memory. What I must have remembered were all the sermons and all the retreat talks I've heard over the years about this passage. You know, where preachers and others use it as a jumping off place to remind us all that we need rest, that even Jesus needed rest. But why does the lectionary give us this diced up passage? Well, I suspect it is to fit with the theme of the day, which tongue-in-cheek is sometimes called Bad Shepherd Sunday, in opposition to the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is known as Good Shepherd Sunday. On Good Shepherd Sunday, we hear one of the passages from the Gospel of John where Jesus proclaims himself the Good Shepherd. But today is much less gentle. Today we hear from the prophet Jeremiah about all those bad leaders who have destroyed and scattered God's sheep. Today we hear about Jesus looking at the crowds and having compassion upon them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Thus, today we hear Jesus inviting his followers to rest, yet they get no retreat since the crowds follow them wherever they go, for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. You might be wondering about this invitation then, this invitation to rest that seems unfulfilled. But today, I invite you to enter into this passage in another way. 
Imagine yourself as a disciple, a follower, a follower of Jesus who has recently become an apostle, one sent out to do God's work in the world. Think about the past few months in your life and all that has kept you busy. Offering yourself here at All Saints as a greeter or a vestry member, an acolyte, working on our building, cleaning linens, providing hospitality, volunteering at the yard sale. Think of the ways you serve God in your workplace, working for justice as a lawyer or a teacher, offering compassion as a librarian or a social worker or a nurse. Or perhaps you've had to cling to your Christian identity in a workplace that might not care a fig for the gospel or compassion or the common good. Or remember all the ways you've cared for others, for an ill-loved one, listening to a friend in need, helping a friend or family member move or find a job or wrestle with a personal crisis. Maybe you've been working for the common good by volunteering or making phone calls to your elected official. You may have had some great successes. You may have met with some defeats. And perhaps you are very, very tired. After going out, after being sent out, after trying to follow Jesus and do what he has taught, now that we're tired, what do many of us do? Well, if you're anything like me, you might rest by indulging in a little binge watching of Netflix or Hulu, or you might scratch that political angst and itch with too much MSNBC or CNN. Or you might stare at your phone, scrolling for something from that cipher. You might look through Facebook. Or as Brene Brown says, you might have another beer and a banana nut muffin. <laughs> but look at the gospel today. Look at the sweetness of it. Jesus has sent his disciples out two by two with no bag and no money to proclaim the gospel, to heal, to teach out into unfamiliar places where they're bound to face hard work and rejection. But when they're done, they return. They return to Jesus. They gather around him, telling him all they've done. He listens and invites them to rest. Do we, in the midst of all the busyness of our lives, do we return to Jesus to tell him about those lives, to share our triumphs, to confess our failures, our tiredness, our frustration, our heartbreak? Do we go to Jesus in prayer? Do we sit quietly with God allowing room for silence, 
for solitude, speaking to God, and then listening. Do we dwell deeply in scripture? Not scripture study, that's not what I'm talking about, but do we dwell in the word so that we might hear God's voice, might see how God is speaking into our lives now? Or do we plunge forward into more and more and more activity, certain that everything depends on us? Do we avoid meeting God in prayer and silence, afraid to show God our broken hearts? our failures, what we have done, what we've left undone? Do we think that God is too busy, that we're not worthy of taking up God's time with our concerns, thinking that what is big to us is too small for God? Jesus wants his disciples, wants us to return to him, to tell him all, to share the heartbreak and the success. And yes, he will bid us rest for a time and he will allow us rest. For even here as the crowds pursue him and the disciples, it is Jesus who does the work of teaching the crowds. His disciples get to rest while he does so. And we too must trust that Jesus can handle those crowding around us when we are desperate for rest. Now I invite you to turn the prism on this passage a little bit. For when we read gospel stories, often we put ourselves in the role of disciple, but imagine yourself this time not as the one sent out to do hard work, but rather you're in the crowd, desperate for help, feeling lost, without a shepherd, in need of healing. Think about the past few months. Maybe you feel unmoored in your life. Perhaps the political storms in our national life are causing you great anxiety or anger. Maybe your job feels overwhelming or meaningless and you're tired of working for a leader who's not a very good shepherd. Maybe your family's falling apart or you're grieving or you're overwhelmed with illness or sadness or loneliness. We're all part of that great crowd at different times in our lives. And even though Jesus has called for rest for his disciples, our good shepherd looks upon us and he feels great compassion because we are like sheep without a shepherd, lost, afraid, anxious, scattered, unsure of what to do. He feels compassion. He suffers with us. And he teaches us, reminds us of the good news that there is a good shepherd, that the kingdom of God is breaking in even now, that we are not alone. We are not abandoned to sin and death, not beholden to bad or absent leaders, but have a good shepherd. Sometimes, we are hardworking disciples 
who need rest. Other times, we are members of a desperate crowd in need of hope, in need of healing. In all times, we have a good shepherd to whom we can, to whom we ought to turn, telling him all we've done, all we've failed to do, all we need. And when we turn to him, he will have compassion and we will be refreshed for the king of love my shepherd is whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever. Amen.